let's get ready to World Series. Okay, that is super cringe. I'm sorry, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Replacement Level Podcast. I am your host, Chris Phillips. Today, we are going to be talking about the upcoming 2023 World Series. It's going to be going on between the Texas Rangers and the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah, probably the two teams that nobody thought was going to make it to the World Series, but here they are. So again, for everybody out there, thank you for listening and tuning in. This is the best place to get your fix on MLB and baseball content. We are here to talk about everything that's going on in the world of baseball. And right now, there's nothing better or bigger than the World Series. And that is set to start tomorrow, Friday, uh, October 27th. And it is going to be an awesome series. I mean, I don't know I don't know exactly how to kind of just say how great and how excited I am to watch this. I mean, you have two teams in that are going to be in here that don't have a lot of World Series success to begin with and aren't two of the biggest teams in all the MLB in regards to kind of their overall national draw or anything like that. They're not a New York team, obviously. They're not a Chicago team. They're not an LA team. Uh, they're not even a Houston team, which is kind of the the MLB's villain that, you know, you're going to watch them because you want to root against them because you want to see them lose. And boy, did we see them lose. And how happy is everybody to see those Houston team, that Houston team lose this series? I mean, I, for one, am thrilled. I'm so, so thrilled. At this point, like I kind of don't care who wins the World Series. I'm just so excited that Houston is no longer in the playoffs. I can't stand that team. I think that team is trash. Uh, from all their players. I think the organization is trash. I think everything about Houston is trash from top to bottom. And I am ecstatic that we don't have to watch them. We don't have to hear about them. Uh, we got a little blurb about Dusty Baker retiring and congratulations and hats off to him on his retirement on his you know prestigious career. And I got to say, I kind of had this thought as the, the league championship series were going on and the Houston Astros were doing typical Houston Astros things like hitting other players and then kind of crying about it and talking about how they're the uh, most hit team and everything like that when the facts are that's not anywhere close to it. Uh, Hector Neris decides to purposely hit a player, get himself a two-game suspension, and then MLB suspends him. Goes to arbitration, the suspension is held, but MLB says, you know what? You know what? Hold that suspension until after the league championship series. So it could have started in I'm sorry, it was going to go it wasn't going to go into effect until 2024. That's right. It wasn't going to go into effect till 2024. Who cares about the 2024 season at this point? Who cares that next Hector Neris is going to start 2024 sitting out the first two games? He could be impacting Houston winning games and winning a title and ultimately it didn't happen that way, thankfully. I mean, the baseball gods kind of overruled the stupid decision by MLB to not follow through and uphold that and um, enforce that that penalty. But um, it, you know, it, the whole the whole thought about Dusty Baker was just kind of is he kind of souring his reputation? Like I, for one, like Dusty Baker. I think he's a good manager. He's done a lot of good things in all the places that he's been and he's managed in. Um, and he's kind of, he kind of got put in a tough situation with Houston where they were coming off their scandal of their cheating, you know, using electronics and cheating in trash cans. And he was kind of able to restore some 
positive reputation to the organization. But, you know, then you had things like this where he's come out saying that they're the most hit team in all of baseball and guys just aren't afraid of them or anything like that. So they're going after their, his players and stuff. And I understand some of that is him sticking up for his team, for his players, uh, even though he's really off base in some of those comments. But it just kind of got me thinking, you have to do that as a as your job. And it's kind of ruining your reputation a bit. So um, I was just curious to see how much longer he's going to stay with them and how much that could affect his reputation, how people you know, thought of him if their viewpoints were you know, going to change and always be like, these Astros are trash, but Esther Baker's a good guy. Or eventually he's like, you know what, throw him in that, that lot too. So, But anyways, he is going to be retiring and good for him. At least that's kind of the word. Maybe one of these teams that is let go of their managers decide – they want to give Dusty a call and throw a lot of money at him and have him come manage them. Uh, maybe San Diego. They could use a guy out there who's got a winning record and can manage personalities and big personalities and egos. We'll see. Um, but anyways, we're kind of done talking about the the uh, League Championship Series. It was a great series. I mean, we got two seven-game series. How often does that happen? Um, not only that, you had Texas start their championship series going up 2-0 against Houston, only to lose three straight and then win the final two, which is pretty cool because not one home team won a game in the ALCS. The road team won every single game, all seven road team, 7-0 in the ALCS. I can't think of a time that that's ever happened before, so that was absolutely incredible. Then on the NL side, you had the NLCS. You had Philly going up 2-0 and looking dominant i mean it looked like they might just sweep um sweep arizona and be resting a lot of time in in the playoffs waiting for the world series to start but then the never say die rattle rattlesnakes decided to win the next two uh then philly came back one game five and then arizona won the final two to win the series win the series and make it to world series and i mean it it was just incredible it was fantastic i think it was maybe like the perfect springboard in going into the world series because you have two teams in there like i said that aren't big market teams that took on the more supposed big markets in in philly and houston and beat them and are moving on and so now you have some people out there talking about how they're not going to watch because who cares it's arizona versus texas and there's not you know Whatever the reason is, I've seen various reasons as to why uh, people aren't going to watch. And personally, it's baseball. It's baseball at its, you know, apex. You know, we're talking the World Series. We're talking the best teams out there. We'll say the conversation about should the playoff format be changed because we're not getting the best teams in there. The best teams win. Sorry. The teams that win are the better teams it's a seven game series it's not a one and done like march madness or the nfl where maybe you get a team that has a great game plan or matches up better or anything like that typically over a seven game series the team that is better is going to win yes you do have teams that get hot and that can change things you know um it's kind of like hockey when the goalie gets hot in hockey they can ride that hot goalie on an incredible postseason run and i'm okay with that I really, I mean, if the team gets hot, that's kind of what you talk about. That's the whole goal of getting to the playoffs. And the whole goal of winning is just win enough games, get into the playoffs, 
Anything can happen from there. Guys can get hot. Pitchers can get lights out dominant. Look at the Madison Bumgarner run that the Giants had when they won, uh, I think it was their last World Series. Who saw that coming? Nobody. The guy just went like to a completely another level and shut out everybody in <laughs> um, his way to winning the World Series. So, um, yeah, I don't have a problem with teams getting hot and winning, maybe beating a Braves team that was better all season long. Cool. You have the best regular season. Fantastic. Unfortunately, when the playoffs came, when the time got tougher, when everything got harder, you didn't rise to the occasion. You didn't win, and it happens. So um, I'm excited for this World Series. I think this is going to be a great World Series. You have the Rangers. This getting into now their third World Series appearance in their franchise. Um, let's talk about how this is their first playoff experience, appearance since 2016. So it's been seven years since the last time the Rangers were in the playoffs. And now this is their third time in the World Series. For anybody who's forgotten, they were in back-to-back -back World Series in 2010. They lost to the San Francisco Giants. And then in 2011, they lost to the St. Louis Cardinals. And those are some really good you know, Rangers teams. You had Adrian Beltre, Beltre. You had Nelson Cruz. You had Josh Hamilton, I believe. And Kinsler was part of it. Um, Michael Young was their shortstop as well. Uh, you had... Um, Oh, shoot. Who's the first baseman guy that eventually went and played with the Yankees? Um, can't think of his name. But he was phenomenal, too. You had, they were very very much an offensive juggernaut team. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, they came up short in those two World Series. Then on the NL side, you have the Diamondbacks, who this is their first playoff appearance since 2017. So just six years ago, um, which is kind of crazy that both these teams kind of have that similarity about six, seven years ago, the last time they made it to the playoffs. And here they are. Um, again, this is the Diamondbacks second time to the World Series for those who've forgotten. And for my buddy Rafal, who's over in Israel, um, we are Staying in contact with him as best we can. He's obviously got his gap year going on, so that schedule keeps him very busy. But I'm doing my best to stay in contact with him, with obviously with his school, and then also what is happening over uh, in that part of the world as well, too. He's doing fine. He is safe for those that are wondering and concerned about him. Um, he's doing good over there. But um, his Yankees were the victim of the Diamondbacks. World Series in 2001. For those who forgotten, that is where um, I believe it's Luis Gonzalez hits a little flare off of Mariano Rivera into center field to drive in. I believe it's Craig Council who comes running into third, running home from third base with his arms raised up. You had the Diamondbacks led by Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling as the one-two punch for them. Kind of rode them all through the playoffs all season long. And those two guys closed out Game 7. So uh, that was a really cool. I was a huge Diamondbacks fan that season just because I did not want to see the Yankees win. And that's why I was a Diamondbacks fan is because I wanted to see the Yankees lose. I I was tired of that that core generation of Yankees fans with Derek Jeter, Bernie Williams, um, Scott Brocious. Uh, Paul O'Neill, all of those, Big Mo, Jorge Posado, Tino Martinez. I was tired of seeing them win title after title after title after title. Uh, so I was thrilled that these Diamondbacks team that were made up a bunch of the guys who had good careers and stuff, maybe not the most nationally well-known players or anything like that, 
managed to have a great season and win and be a battle-tested and playoff-proven dominant Yankees team. So, um, yes, Rafal, we're talking about your Yankees, and we're talking about a sweet, sweet time for all of MLB when your team lost a World Series and big Mariano Rivera, the best closer in all of baseball. I'm sorry, he just is. Blew a save, and it cost him a title. It cost the Yankees a title. Mariano Rivera cost the New York Yankees a World Series title, and that was awesome. That was sweet. So uh, it'll be fun to see these two teams. Obviously, the Texas Rangers are seeking their very first World Series, and the Diamondbacks are going for their second World Series. For So for those fans out there who want to root for a underdog, uh, I guess you could say the Texas Rangers are the underdog because they don't have a World Series, where the Diamondbacks at least have one. Uh, but I guess overall, in terms of you know who is an actual who is the actual underdog, they're both wild card teams, uh, so you can't go that saying who's the higher seeded team. Uh, they're they're both wild card teams, which is a fun fact for you guys out there. So for all the friends at, of mine that know me, um, anytime I've ever said fun fact, for the most part, they've always told me my fun facts are stupid. They hate them, and I should stop doing them. I find them very much fun, and I just they just don't see the fun in it. But this is an actual fun fact out there, an absolute fun fact. This is the third time in the world in um, the World Series have been played by two wild card teams. The other two times were in 2002 and in 2014, and then also a stretch from 2002 to 2007. There's been a, there was at least one wild card team that made the World Series. So you have that added in here is that this is the third time that's ever happened in uh, Major League Baseball history since they've gone and expanded into the wild card era or wild card teams. So that's fun. I mean, that's fun. You don't expect wild card teams to do that. The whole idea with the wild card team is just getting the team in there and then maybe they win a series, but then they lose because they weren't good enough as your top seeded teams. But, uh, you know, again, there could be a lot of talk and saying the Texas Rangers are the, the favorite team. They've, you know, they were kind of the better team all year. Unfortunately, they kind of collapsed in that second half and lost the AL West to to Houston. But um, Arizona was a team that, just like Texas, nobody predicted to be in this situation. Nobody predicted them to be in the playoffs. Now, I believe Rafal and I, when we were talking about teams most likely to make it into the playoffs that didn't the year before, the Diamondbacks were my selection, and I did think that they could make it into the playoffs. They had a lot of guys on that roster that were good players that were kind of underappreciated, if you will. Uh, their rotation was, I thought it was going to be good when you had uh, Zach Gallon, Merrill Kelly, and then Madison Bumgarner. And um, I thought it was going to be a good one, two, three, and get him through. Uh, Bumgarner... He didn't hold up his end of the bargain. He's still out of Major League Baseball. I I think he's going to retire here soon because teams just realize there's not anything left in the tank for him, unfortunately. But um, you know, a big concern from mine for the Diamondbacks was their bullpen. They just they who was going to be their closer? They didn't really have one all season long. Their bullpen did cost them a bunch of games and stuff. They did make some moves to the deadline. They went out and got the Seattle Mariners closer, Paul Seawald. That's been a huge boost for them now. They have somebody in the ninth they can turn to, and Paul Seawald's pretty pretty solid in there. I'm not going to say he's the most dominant closer or anything like that, but he is a really solid closer, solid guy to close out games, and you know that was a huge get for them. And I think that trade that the Mariners and Diamondbacks made was a fairly good trade for both clubs. I mean... You've got Josh Rojas, Dominic Canzone, um, and a prospect guy 
going to Seattle and Canzone and Rojas helped the Mariners win some games. Obviously helped the Mariners get on a crazy hot month of August and get back into the playoff race. Um, and Paul Sewell, like I said, helped the Diamondbacks make it into the World Series, and it's been fantastic for him. So that trade's been another win-win for both organizations, in my opinion. But it's still, you look at the playoffs, you look at the teams that the Diamondbacks were going to have to go through to get here, and odds weren't in their favor. They just weren't. But they defied the odds, and now we're hearing that the Diamondbacks have kept receipts of everybody out there who doubted them and are using that as fuel, using it as motivation, and... Credit to them. Hats off. Do that. Whatever it takes to get you to, you know, get that extra edge to win games, absolutely use it. I'm, I'm so excited for them to be in there. The Texas Rangers, they're another team that going into the season, people weren't planning on them having a lot of success. They definitely were following a model similar to their division counterpart in the LA Angels of we're going to go out and we're going to throw out a bunch of money to big name players and we're kind of buy a ticket into the postseason and we laughed at it we chuckled we said that that doesn't really work like congratulations got these guys but these guys are going to have phenomenal seasons because you don't have a lot of depth around them to make it work and we were wrong again we were wrong marcus simeon Corey seager they did what they do then you have adolis garcias who Keeps doing what he does, kind of defying the odds. Like analytics are saying he shouldn't be kind of having the success that he is, but he's crushing pitches. I mean, he is crushing home runs, um, doing bat flips, and his story is just insane. If you haven't if you haven't heard about it or read about it, it is absolutely uh, impressive what he's done in his career and to get to the point that he is and for those that might have forgotten this is just a small 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 tiny tidbit on his story the texas rangers prior to last season cut him from their roster that's right they cut him only to bring him back i believe a few days maybe a week later because they had an injury to the outfield and so they needed him and he's been on their major league roster ever since i mean that's just bizarre when you look at what he's doing now and everything and then you realize that initially the rangers thought this guy's not good enough so bye-bye only turn around was like sorry we made a mistake we actually kind of need you um we just need you for a little bit of time and then he he took this opportunity and ran with it and has run with it ever since and congratulations to him and away we go um so again if you haven't seen his story or read about his story i encourage you to check it out i believe i found it on twitter um i think i shared it i'll have to go look and probably share it again on there as well it was it's pretty pretty amazing what he did what he went through to get to where he is so um but again they were another team that also had concerns about their bullpen they'd gone out and they spent a lot of money on their rotation, Jacob DeGrom was supposed to be a big part of it. You had John Gray, and DeGrom did what he's been doing, which is getting hurt and spending a lot of time on the injured list. Um, you had Martin Perez, who came back to earth after a fantastic uh, 2022 season. They bought Nathan Navaldi as well. He had another good year, and he's primed to be the game one starter against Zach Gallon on Friday night. So, um, It'll be fun to watch those two. Nivaldi has been very good. Gallon hasn't been quite so good in the postseason. Hopefully he can get it turned around because I'm a big Gallon fan. And 
Um, so we'll see what happens with them. This is huge. I mean, just huge, 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 huge. Um, but again, the Texas Rangers weren't a team that many expected to make it to where they were, but they did. And again, they went out and they bought players. So you have teams like the Seattle Mariners who are very much set in their ways of we're going to draft, develop, and promote. And it works. It's a very good model. Don't get me wrong. But you need to go out and you need to buy free agents. You need to add guys that come from outside your system and have them in there. And Cal Raleigh will back me up on this. Uh, granted, he's supposedly been told to apologize to the organization, which he did. Whether he was told to or he chose to, uh, I don't know if we'll actually get any very uh, clarity on that topic. But needless to say, after his season was ended, he said that they needed to go out and they needed to spend money and get big-name talent. Um, basically saying, did you see what Texas did this offseason? Did you see how they went out and bought this talent? And now look where they are. Yeah, we need to do that too. We've got some guys here. We have a lot of good pieces, but we need some additional help in there. And you need to go out and you need to spend that money. Give players the bag and get them to come here. It doesn't matter if you overpay. Um, my personal opinion when it comes to running teams, when it comes to handing out contracts, when it comes to making trades, if you are making a move that you believe will get you a championship ring, the cost does not matter, period. I don't care. You want to overpay somebody like uh, Nathan Navaldi, we're just throwing that name out for example, but Nathan Navaldi helps you win a title, who cares how much you paid him? It's not going to matter five, ten years down the road, all right? What's going to matter is Nathan Navaldi helped you get a World Series title, helped you get a championship, and that's what matters. That banner is going to hang forever. Nobody's going to remember 15 years that, oh, yeah, the team way overspent for this guy, and you know it ended up hurting financially. Cool. Did it get him a ring? It did. Was it worth it? Yeah. Some will say, yeah, but, but that's when you just cut him off at the butt part because it doesn't matter. It got a championship and that's all that matters. So, Seattle Mariners, go out there, spend that money, get players. Um, Shohei Otani uh, might be a free agent. Go get him, okay? Yes, he may not pitch this year. That's fine. You don't need his pitching. You've got like eight guys that can start for you in the rotation anyways. But you don't have his bat, and you need his bat. So, go get him. I don't care what it costs. Go get Shohei Otani. But anyways, enough of that. We're back to the World Series here. Um Speaking of payrolls, just for some fun, some fun, fun, fun facts, uh, Texas Rangers have the ninth largest payroll this season at 196 million. Arizona Diamondbacks come in at 21st with a 116 million dollar payroll. Um, just for some 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 other information, Seattle Mariners were in between there. I forget exactly where they were in payroll, but um, they came in between Texas and Arizona. So they spent more than Arizona, less than Texas, but they didn't make the playoffs. So spending money, while people want to say you, you want to spend, you, you, know, you don't want to pay for guys, it doesn't matter. You spend money on the right players that are going to fit your team and help you win. That's all that matters. Really, that's all that matters. I believe Baltimore and Tampa Bay were two of the lowest payroll teams in there. They made the playoffs, okay? They made the playoffs. So it's about spending money wisely, spending money on guys that are going to help you. Not spending it 
crazy or anything like that just because you have money to spend and you want to make headlines and get attention and stuff like that. But spend it wisely. Spend it for guys that are going to help you win, help be good culture fits and everything like that. So um, we're going to do something a little fun tonight. We're going to talk about wildcard players on both teams. Uh, we're going to give you two wildcard players from each team, guys that could be key players in turning the World Series in their team's favor, um, guys that are kind of under the radar, maybe not so so well-known nationally. Um, some of them probably are very, very well-known based on what they've been doing this postseason. But again, for those who maybe haven't followed along, these are going to be guys that you probably didn't know about. Um, I'm going to be honest, I'm probably going to butcher this guy's name, and I apologize for that in advance. But uh, we're going to get right into it. So we're going to talk about, for Texas, we're going to talk about Evan Carter, kind of the, the young phenom outfielder for him. He was a guy that wasn't very highly thought of coming into his draft or anything, but the Rangers took him, in, I believe, 50th in the 2020 MLB draft, and here he is in the World Series. He's been having a fabulous postseason run. He's had at least one hit in 11 out of the 12 games that he's played in. Oh, and that one game that he didn't get a hit in, he still got on base. So he's gotten on base in all 12 games that he's been in. That's incredible. I mean, he's a rookie. He got called up late in the year, and he is succeeding in the most pressure-packed part of MLB seasons. And this guy, this guy's the future for this kid. Uh, he's He had a great year coming in, or going this season uh, and heading into the playoffs. So it'll be fun to see what he does next year. Fun to see what the Rangers do with him next year as well. Uh, the guy the name that I've said I was probably going to butcher is Jason Spores, the relief pitcher for the Texas Rangers. As I talked about earlier, the Rangers do not have a very strong bullpen. They've got some guys in there that can be streaky. Um, they can go from lights out to being torched in between batters i mean within their appearance they can kind of get right off the rails or just shut you down um spores has inherited eight runners in this postseason not one has scored that's phenomenal i mean that does not happen that often granted it's eight runners kind of maybe if you want to say small sample size sure fine but still that's eight guys that have been in scoring position or he's inherited that he could have, you know, let get in and maybe sacrifice an out to get, you know, giving up a run, and he just hasn't done it. So um, if he if he's going to be that hot relief pitcher for the Texas Rangers, kind of like how hot goalies go in the uh, NHL, he could be the guy that with Leclerc, um, Jose Leclerc, shutting down the end of games for the Texas Rangers. They could be huge for the, the Rangers and their chances to win and earn their first World Series. For the Diamondbacks side, we're going to talk about Gerald Perdomo. He is, well, let's just say this. The Diamondbacks and the Rangers faced off this regular season. And in that series, Perdomo went 6 of 8 with two doubles and scored three runs. So he can hit Rangers pitching. I mean, he's a guy that's had some success about it. And while he maybe hasn't been getting the same hype that his double playmate Ketel Marte has, who was the NLCS MVP, Perdomo could be a guy that maybe this is his time to be the MVP of a series because he matches up well against the Texas Rangers. The other guy that we're going to talk about is 
kind of a guy that I really, really like, and that is Alec Thomas. And he is known for his defense. And again, those who know me love know that I love defense. I love to play defense. Doesn't matter what sport it is, for the most part. Um, I really pride myself on on defense and being able to stop other guys. Um, sometimes probably because I'm just not that great offensively, which is fine. My niche is defense, and I think I'm pretty good at it. But enough about me. Thomas is tied for the team lead with four home runs in this postseason. Keep in mind, he's only hit nine this regular season. So home run power is not his thing. Defense is definitely more his thing. Gold glove defense caliber, that is. Um, but he is crushing the ball right now in this postseason and he's tied the team with four home runs so he's a guy that maybe he doesn't make an impact offensively but maybe he's taking away a home run or two or taking away a big hit because of his gold glove defense so um let's not rule out and overlook players defenses abilities and he's definitely one to keep an eye on um if we're going to talk about something that might be a uh, little controversial, little hot topic or anything like that. It's going to be the simple fact that I would be shocked if both of these teams make it into the playoffs in 2024. Neither one of these teams is necessarily set up to be all that successful. Again, the Diamondbacks play in the NL West, which has got the Dodgers in there. It's got the San Diego Padres in there. Two star-studded teams with some pretty deep minor league rosters in their call-ups as well. And then you also have the San Francisco Giants who just went ahead and hired Bob Melvin from the San Diego Padres to be their new manager. The Giants aren't a terrible team. They've got some talent in there. They really need to be smart this offseason. And, I mean, honestly, if they went out and went the Rangers' way of buying players, it wouldn't be bad. They they tried to get Carlos Correa. It didn't really work out for them. Um, but they've got some talent there, especially at the big league club. They just need to add some more pieces, uh, preferably a star or two. And the Giants could be right in the mix next year. But um, So you have a tough division. Plus, like I said, this bullpen for the Diamondbacks, it's still a big question mark, still a big concern. You've got Paul Seawald, so you've got a closer in place, which is great. But relief pitchers can be fickle from year to year. And the fact of the matter is this bullpen is not that strong you also have the fact that you've got zach gallon and merrill kelly as your top two one two pitchers and then you've got rookie um fought i can't think of his first name right now you got he's going to be the game three starter um but he's having he had a troubling rookie regular season but he's really been pretty pretty dominant here in the postseason which is great but again i just don't see a lot of things um, breaking the Diamondbacks' way. You kind of have some guys that have had phenomenal seasons kind of over their skis, if you will. Um, Keta Marte definitely went back to an all-star level and at a very, very high level for that matter. Corbin Carroll, who's going to win the NL Rookie of the Year, he had some, what, a month maybe here and there where he had some slumps, but he's turned it around. Um, I fully expect kind of the league to figure him out a little bit more. And attack some of his weaknesses and stuff and you just i don't think you have a lot of consistency with the rest of the offense for the diamondbacks the rangers side um they spent a lot of money on players and they went out and got max scherzer who's an old pitcher and missing time as well not to mention Degrom. so you have a lot of guys that are 
cost you a lot of money, older, and are breaking down. And then you look at their bullpen. The bullpen is still a big problem. You look at some of their minor league talent that they have. They do have some young pitching and some young players that they can call up to help out. But some of those young, talented players are either hurt and recovering from injuries or haven't had the success that they were kind of expecting to have um, as those players made their way through the minor league system. So there is some questions about, you know, is this a guy that's going to be the front of the rotation type pitcher or is he more of maybe a middle rotation type of a guy um those will be answered later on as those players continue their their growth and development but you still have a lot in place with the texas rangers that i would say there's not a lot of strong foundation necessarily you have Corey seager you have josh young you have marcus simeon you have adolis garcia's Young and Adolis are two guys that profile as they shouldn't necessarily be having the type of success that they are because of their approaches at the plate. They are high strikeout guys. And yes, while strikeouts rack up pitch counts, they're not very productive because you're not moving anybody around or advancing runners or putting the ball in play or anything like that. You're just taking three swings and missing on all three. So, um, those are some things that are eventually going to catch up to him at some point in time. It's just kind of unsustainable what they've been doing unless they continue, unless they change their approach at the plate. So um, it's, it's very, very possible that both of these teams kind of go back to what a majority of the industry thought would happen with these teams, which would be bad teams sitting at the bottom of the standing and looking at a high draft pick the following season. But for now, they have caught lightning in a bottle um, this whole season, and they've you know been able to, I guess, extract some of that lightning out of the bottle, if you will, to get into this World Series that they're in. But I would be shocked if either of these teams um, make the playoffs next year, let alone make the World Series again next year. I'd be absolutely shocked if they happen. These teams just don't, um, on paper, just don't have what it takes to to make it happen again they i will say this they got lucky this year but congratulations to them because part of winning you do need to have some luck they've got the luck and it's going to be very fun and exciting world series to watch like i said the first pitch gets underway friday you can find it on fox you've got nathan avaldi versus zach gallon for game one this is going to be must see tv it really really truly is guys because like i said you're not going to see these next these two teams next year in the playoffs you're just not i'm sorry neither one of these teams are gonna make it in the playoffs and watch them all you can watch them right now because these are two hot teams that don't give up. I mean, you had, like I said, the Rangers won, you know, all of the games on the road. You had the Diamondbacks. They won, um, you know, they went down 0-2 and then came back and won. So it's just these these games are going to go full nine innings, and you better watch all nine innings because comebacks could happen at any point in time. So. It's going to be fun. I strongly encourage you to watch these games. Watch however long the series goes. I hope it goes seven. That'd be an absolute treat. But watch them. Um, it's going to be a fantastic series. Again, like I said, game one is going to start on Friday. You've got Nathan Navaldi versus Zach Gallum. Everybody, follow us on Twitter at follow the show at replacement level one. Follow myself at c underscore phillips underscore thirteen. Follow my colleague. 
at RafalN613. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Apple Podcasts as well. Again, interact with us on all the social media platforms. We'd love to talk some baseball with you. We'd love to talk about the World Series. Give us your thoughts on it. What's going to give us your predictions on who's going to win it, who's going to be the MVP of the series, who's going to be your surprise player that turns the series for his or for his team. Um, we love to hear it, and please, if you disagree with me and saying that neither one of these teams are going to be back in the playoffs next year, I'd love to hear it, and I'd love to hear why. Um, but again, thank you all very, very much. Uh, we have Halloween coming up, so for those that are going to go out and trick-or-treat either for themselves or with their kids, have a safe and wonderful Halloween. And until next time, guys, have a great, great day. <laughs>